0: Oh, I want to thank you all for tuning in to the 235th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane. As always, I want to thank you all for tuning in. Whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, whichever podcasting app or avenue you are listening to me via, being recorded from Buffalo, New York. Going to have Ben Karen on, host of the Sports Wilder Podcast, and we are going to discuss and preview week 14 of NFL action and week 15 of college football action. Also, we're going to get into a little bit of conversation about what's going on at the Ohio State. I'm definitely going to want Ben Karen's take on that. Also, we're going to be talking about the Rams and Patriots. Cam Newton's, you know, not very good, got benched for Jarrett Stidham. What does this mean? Ben doesn't like to admit this, folks, because he's a Seattle Seahawks fan, but he's a New England guy at heart, so so we have to ask Ben about the Patriots. Now, before we get to Ben, I do want to say this. This is your first time listening to the podcast or the radio show. Thank you. But here's what I need you to do. Subscribe and follow the podcast on all your podcasting platforms. Like I said, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeart, whatever you have, follow. We're also on YouTube as well. If you type in Barbershop Sports Talk, four words, Barbershop Sports Talk, or if you type in Daryl Lane, you should find me and you can subscribe. And I do a little, uh, some other stuff on there and I post some clips of uh, the podcast as well on there so definitely subscribe to that and share with your family and friends on all your social media platforms let them know about the podcast we're doing some good things here uh and producing some good content and if they like sports then uh this is the place for them and leave a five-star review i would appreciate that as well and for some odd reason if you don't like my sports podcast it's like how could that ever happen right then uh, take a lesson from your mom like i always say if you don't have anything nice to say don't say it at Oh. But without ado, coming kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we are going to have Ben Caron on, host of the Sports Squabler podcast. Coming up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. May I have your attention, please? May I have your attention,
1: please? Will the real
0: Slim Shady please stand up? I repeat, will the real Slim Shady please stand up? Oh back with barbershop sports talk and we have ben karen with us host of the sports squad podcast and as we have been doing throughout the football season we are going to be previewing college football and the nfl week 14 of the nfl week 15 of college football ben how you doing
1: i'm great tonight daryl thanks for having
0: me on so quickly where i do want to go is this so you have the Rams and you have the Patriots. I thought the Patriots were going to win. I thought they were kind of getting on a roll. We saw what they did to the Chargers and Justin Herbert, 45-0. to And I'm thinking, okay, they're going to bring this in, you know, on Thursday night against the Rams. And what they did is they got chillaxed and Cam Newton embarrassed himself and got benched. What did? You, what were your thoughts of the game? Were you disappointed in the Patriots?
1: I was a little bit disappointed in the Patriots. I expected they were going to show up at SoFi Stadium and compete, and that's not really what happened for them tonight. I would also go as far as to say I was a little bit disappointed with Coach Belichick, because I just think he got out-coached tonight by uh, young and upcoming Sean McVay. Maybe a little bit of revenge for what happened to the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, the Rams just look like a better team. Uh, And also where I do want to go is this now. So, Cam. Uh no touchdowns. One interception. He's just been bad all year. Uh was bad in this game and got benched for Jerts that have is cam done. Like do you think Cam's a shot fighter at this point?
1: I think that, that his career is winding down unfortunately, Daryl. When I look at him, I think he's just sustained a lot of injuries and this is somewhat of an unfortunate situation for him because I think he hasn't had much to work with all season as far as players go on um, for the New England Patriots. They don't have a lot of playmakers on offense. It's really hard to throw the ball and be effective when you don't have wide receivers that can get open. Even Nikhil Harry, uh, who they drafted last year, number one overall pick for them, it really not be able to blossom into the player that a lot of people expected he would be I was watching just a little bit of the game tonight and he just seemed like he was really having a hard time getting open or even getting downfield. field uh, so unfortunately I think Cam is going to take the hit on the bad season for the New England Patriots but I'm not necessarily sure that's 100% justified but unfortunately when you're at the age that Cam is at now and you have a season like this, it could spell the end for you because New England's going to be up there pretty high in the upcoming draft. And they're probably going to be looking at trying to get a franchise quarterback
0: moving forward. Yeah, because if you really think about it, Trevor Lawrence is going to be out. Justin Fields, uh, the BYU quarterback, Zach Wilson, people are talking about him. Uh, people have talked about, uh, I'm forgetting his name right now, from North Dakota State. Uh, the quarterback from North Dakota State is pretty high on some people's boards. Kyle Trask. This Is going to be the Heisman Trophy winner it looks like, and he's kind of bolting up draft boards. Like New England's going to take a quarterback, like a, another quarterback. Like, like I don't think they can go in next year with Stidham and Cam. Like that doesn't work, right? I definitely don't think
1: they're going to they're going to go into next season with Stidham and Cam. I think probably ninety five percent chance they're going to pick the quarterback first in the draft, and that's the guy they're going to be going with. If the Dallas Cowboys don't sign Zach long-term, I think Zach Prescott might also be a play uh, because actually I think he would be a really good fit uh, just with his personality and his playing style would be a more patriot. So I would say to keep your eye on that as well, but I, I would lean more towards them drafting a, a quarterback and hoping that that quarterback will be the future of the franchise.
0: So it's really interesting too, because I I think I feel like sometimes we talk about how bad this New England offense has been. and There's a lot of reasons. It's not just Cam, like, and you mentioned, Nikhil Harry can't run. Like their receivers aren't good, right? You know, their their tight ends aren't good. Like they're they're not a very uh, explosive football team. That they're not very talented. Do you think if Brady were here, like things would be different, or do you think it'd be much the same? Because I know we people criticized Brady last year. They were like, Oh my god, the offense is so bad. But you know, maybe is it and maybe it's not Cam. Maybe just that uh, this offense is just so bad. Like, do you think if Brady's in this situation things are that much different? No, I don't. I think that
1: you put pretty much any quarterback in, in, in this situation is gonna be getting this result. Uh and and that's why I think that ultimately it's not necessarily Cam Newton. Fault that they haven't had a lot of success. Although when you're when you're turning over the ball with a fumble and an interception tonight, you know those kinds of things aren't helping your team whatsoever. You got to win the turnover battle, and they weren't able to do that.
0: Would you want to see Jared Stidham going forward for the Patriots?
1: I don't think so. I don't think he's really starter material in the NFL. I think he's going to stick around. I think he's good in that backup role, I think there's still a possibility
0: to develop him a little bit more, but I, I'm i not seeing him as a starting quarterback in the NFL, and I don't think I ever really was, not even when he was in Auburn. Now, really quickly, now where I want to go is this. So, Ben, uh, the Seahawks last weekend, uh, they disappointed. I, I just want to know, what were your thoughts about that game? 17-12? to 12. You have Shaquille Griffin saying, uh, we underestimated, they underestimated the Giants. Uh, what did you see from that game, Ben?
1: Well, we, we, we can hate on the Seahawks for what they didn't do, you know, and, and there's going to be some criticism and probably some fair criticism for the way they played. Uh, but I think we also have to acknowledge that the New York Giants uh, are better than we thought they would be. We've kind of had hints of what they might be able to become earlier in the year when they're playing a lot of these teams tough. You know, we got to see them on Monday Night Football play Tom Brady and the Buccaneers to the end. Um, so I, I think they're just a team that's continuing to get better each and every week, and I think that that's really um, a, a very positive reflection on Joe Judge, to be honest with you, Darrell, um, because Joe Judge has really gotten a lot out of this New York Giant team that a lot of people quite simply, myself included, didn't think was really that talented. Uh, and, and they're still missing Saquon Barkley this year. They don't really have a number one wide receiver. And Colt McCoy is playing quarterback for them right now because Daniel Jones is hurt. Uh, so, I think America underestimated the New York Giants and, and, and you know, part of that for them, but as we
0: look ahead, I, I really think the Giants are now on the uh, inside track to win the NFC East and go to the uh, playoff. Yeah, and it's really funny, too, because <laughs> when the whole Judge, uh, Joe Judge hiring happened, people were like, you know, why didn't... Because Belichick recommended Joe Judge. He he personally recommended him. People were like, why didn't he recommend McDaniels? And people were like, maybe it's because he wants to keep McDaniels in New England. Well, maybe it's because Joe Judge is, you know, better than McDaniels. Like... Joe Judge seems legit to me.
1: No doubt about it. With, with, with the way he's coaching the Giants every week and what I'm seeing for them and how they're hanging around, sticking in these games, I like what I'm seeing a lot. I mean, if you're a New York Giants fan like my father, I mean, I think you got to be feeling good about the future. You might not have all the parts and all the pieces right now, but teams heading in a good direction. Um that's something to really, really take into consideration. Now, just uh, swinging back over to the Seahawks for a minute, I, I do have to tell you, I mean, as a Seahawks fan right now, I am concerned. I'm concerned about their offense right now more than their defense. Like, they, were light, they were lighting up teams at the beginning of the year, and now it seems like every week they're having a problem scoring. And I'm kind of wondering what's going on with that. I think that they're going to have to fix that, Daryl, or they could be making a very early exit from the playoffs.
0: you think it's possible that maybe they're, because they're, I guess I've heard people say this, that maybe their scheme's not super advanced and it's kind of Russell to DK and eventually teams start game planning for that?
1: I think that that's part of it. You know, Pete Carroll is more of a defensive-minded head coach, um, and we've seen You know, what he's been able to do on that side of the ball.
0: And the defense has been improving.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Pete Pete Carroll can coach defense. I think they they need a little bit more guidance on offense. They probably do need to become a little bit more sophisticated. And they have been played by some injuries, too. You know, every year they're they're kind of banged up at running back, and this year's been no different. And and just with the way I've seen them play, I'm skeptical about Chris Carson being 100% right now, Darrell.
0: So so now I want to go to this talking about NFC East team. So the Eagles. Carson Wentz was finally benched for Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts will be the starter in Green Bay. Is this the end of Carson Wentz, Ben?
1: Well, I think it depends on what you define as the end. If the end means he's out of the NFL, then no, I I don't think it's the end for
0: him. Is he going to be a clipboard Um, holder?
1: I think for the foreseeable future, he's going to be a clipboard holder. I think he might, he may um, eventually end up getting moved to another team. However, with his salary in that situation, it's going to make it very difficult. I was not necessarily a proponent of benching him for Galen Hurts last week on the show, but with, just with his play, I can understand why the Eagles made the decision that they made. I think that at this juncture in time, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, you might as well at least let Jalen Hurts play and see what you're going to get.
0: That's fair. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and then come next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to get into Week 14 NFL Predictions. Come next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk.
1: I'm
0: feeling and this, is you me. this is you me. oh this we're back with our sports talk we still have ben me. karen with us host the sports squad with podcast before we were getting a little bit into the patriots rams game and how kind of abysmal Cam newton's been but now it's time for our nfl predictions for week 14 of nfl action as me and Ben were just talking off the air, apparently Ben is up two zero on me on our bet. I'm gonna to have to cross reference that, but apparently Ben's up two and zero, and I'm just one step closer to having a Miami Dolphins logo on my Facebook. Hopefully that does not happen. That'd be disappointing, and we have Ben repping Cincinnati since he's a Bengals fan too. It'd be perfect, right, Ben?
1: Cincinnati
0: Bearcat. Yeah, same thing as Cincinnati Bengals, right? Both Cincinnati, both start with a B. Bengals, Bearcats, both animals? Well,
1: one's a little guy and one's
0: not, but yeah. Uh, wouldn't the Bengals be considered a little guy?
1: <laughs> well, I don't think an NFL franchise could be considered a little guy, but yeah, I mean, I guess if you're looking at NFL franchises, they're probably kind
0: of a little guy. Well, let's start with these predictions. So, we have the 6-6 six and six Minnesota Vikings, who have been coming on hot uh, the second half of the season at the 7-5 and five Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is a very big game for both teams. If Minnesota wins, we're talking about Minnesota. They're potentially they're going to be the 7th seed, right? If the Buccaneers lose, we're like, could they be out of the playoffs? What's going on with Tom and Bruce? What do you see happening, Ben? I'm going with Tampa Bay in this one, Bill.
1: Home game for them. Tom Brady, he's going to respond. He's going to find a way to get this done. I'll go with the Bucs to win by 10. I like what Minnesota's doing, but when you go to overtime against Jacksonville last
0: weekend, that doesn't do a lot of confidence. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. I think this is going to be really close. I think it's going to be closer than you think. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers, 28, Minnesota, 27. I just think Brady's going to give them a little bit more edge than Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is going to turn over a little bit, uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense and I and I do think you know you are right Minnesota they had an overtime win against the Jags I think Minnesota might be slightly suspect it's kind of like are they more the team you saw in the first half or the more the team you saw in the second half but I but I just think Tampa's probably a level ahead of what Minnesota is at this point so I'm going to go with the Buccaneers now next up we have the six and six Arizona Cardinals who have been reeling lately at the five and seven New York football Giants so Ben I'm just going to say this right now. I'm going with the New York Giants. I've been saying this for a couple weeks. Kyler Murray has not looked the same. I, it could be because he's been hurt. I think he's a little banged up. I think he's wearing down a little bit. I think people might be catching up to what Cliff Kingsbury is doing, and they just haven't been the same. He hasn't been that same dynamic of an athlete. And I think the Giants, they've been, co- they've been coached up. They can play defense a little bit. They can cause some mayhem. So I'm going to go with the New York football Giants 20-18. to 18.
1: It's very tempting, Daryl, to pick the Giants, uh, but I will go with the uh, first Gang on this one. I agree with what you're saying about Kyler Murray. I do think he's banged up, but all we have to do is play better than Colton Foy. And I just look at what the Arizona Cardinals have to work with on offense with the wide receiver position, and they are light years ahead of the New York Giants. I think the Cardinals' receiving core is probably better than Seattle's receiving core last weekend. Uh, so I will go with Arizona in this one. But again, um will be a tight game. Probably a field goal win. I'm thinking it's going to be some kind of weird score, like maybe 22-19 to 19 Cardinals.
0: Now next, 11-1 Chiefs at the 8-4 Miami Dolphins. Ben, what do you see happening?
1: Well, I think the Chiefs are going to win this one. I think it's going to look maybe kind of like it did on Sunday night. Chiefs are going to gonna basically control the game
0: but they'll you'll get bored and Miami will hang around. Uh but I think I choose to win late here and, and I'm looking at probably thirty to twenty four. This is a a game that I think I could be tempted to say the Dolphins. Like the it just the Chiefs their offense has kind of been stymied a little bit lately. I think it's probably because of boredom. I think if we're talking about a trap game, I think this is a very, very real trap game. Uh, the Dolphins have a really good secondary. They're coached up really well by Brian Flores. So you want to know what I'm going to go with the upset? I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going to go with the Dolphins to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm going to say they win 24 to 17, and the Chiefs get their second loss this season because I don't actually see them ended up ending up at 15 and one. Now, next we have the 8-4 and four Tennessee Titans at the 1-11 Jacksonville Jaguars. Ben, I'm going to go with the Titans. The Jaguars just aren't very good. I think the Titans are going to be pissed off about how they got embarrassed by the Browns last weekend. What do you see happening? Yeah, I think the Titans are going to blow
1: the doors off Jacksonville this weekend. I mean, I think it's going to be ugly. I think we're looking at like 31-13. to 13. Wrong place, wrong time for Jacksonville this weekend. Tennessee will not get in there like that two weeks
0: in a row. So next up we have the three and nine Dallas Cowboys at the two eight and one Bengals. It's so crazy the Cowboys can still make the playoffs. That's so shameful. I'm going to go with the Cowboys to win this game. I think they're just more talented than the Bengals. Uh, Joe Burrow's out. Uh, Zach Taylor's not a very good football coach. Mike McCarthy's not either lately, but uh, I just think Dallas is the better of the worst abominable football teams, and I'm going to go with Dallas 20, Bengals 14. Um,
1: I think it's going to be a really big game this weekend. Andy Dalton going back to Cincinnati. I think Dallas is just going to put it on them this weekend. Um, I think they're going to go like 38 38- who probably 18. I think they're
0: going to win by 20. Now, next up we have the four and eight Houston Texans at the five and seven Chicago Bears. It's so crazy that both the records are so similar now, uh, given how both teams started out the year. But I'm going to go with the Texans. Uh, Deshaun Watson. I think he's going to find a way to put up points on the Bears. The Bears, they lost to Detroit in uninspiring fashion last week. Uh, Deshaun Watson, this Houston Texas offense, they're playing better. They've been better since Bill O'Brien's been gone, so I'm going to go with the Texans 31, uh, excuse me, 34 to 31, a 34 to 31 win. Yeah,
1: I'm picking the Texans by three on the road as well. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring than you. I'm looking low, more probably at 27 24 24. Uh, both teams coming off really hard losses last weekend, uh, but one team has a a really
0: strong quarterback, and one that shows up this weekend. So we have next, we have the 4-8 Denver Broncos at the 4-8 Carolina Panthers. A battle of uninspiring football teams, I'd say. I'm going to go with the Panthers. I'm going to go with the Panthers 23-20. to 20. I think it's going to be a physical football game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring football game. I think it's going to be maybe an uninteresting National game, but uh, a big one for the Panthers and Broncos fans who are hoping to lose games, I guess, so they can get potentially a quarterback in the draft because I think both teams will be searching for their QBs of the future. But I'm going to go with the Panthers, 23, Broncos, 20. I'm going to go with the Panthers
1: here, and I'm going to say they're going to win by 10. I like them 34-24. I think Teddy Bridgewater is just built for these kind of games. And the Panthers have played teams with losing records this year. They've done pretty well. They've won most of them. And in a lot of cases, they've
0: blown out the opposition. Uh, they really like Carolina here. Now we have the 0-12 New York Jets. And talk about how to lose a game. <laughs> they got Greg Williams fired against the Raiders. And your guy got off the hook, Ben. John Gruden got off the hook. And they're at your 8-4 Seattle Seahawks. Are the Jets going to be able to pull off a miracle, Ben?
1: There, there's no way. No way. <laughs> Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are not going to play as bad as they did last weekend. Again, uh, When your offense, is having problems getting going. Uh, the team you want to see is the New York Jets. I like them here. I like them. I think was a mistake by the Jets to fire Greg Williams. Uh, so, I, you know, in light of that, I really like Seattle. Uh, I like Seattle by 20 points here, Ben.
0: I'm thinking somewhere around forty to twenty. Yeah, So it is weird they fired Greg Williams because you should fire Adam GaSe so Greg Williams can be the interim coach. <laughs> well,
1: I think he's more talented than Adam GaSe, anyways. And by the way, I think I might actually be up three zero on you because
0: I think you picked the Jets to beat the Raiders last weekend. Did I? I think I might have. Maybe you are up 3-0. we zero. We're gonna have to check that.
1: Go back and do a booth review on that.
0: Yeah, we're going to have to figure it out out. Freezing cold takes. So, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I will not pick a upset here. The Jets are just bad. Not very well coached. And Seattle should be pissed about their performance against the Giants. And it took everything for the Giants to beat the Seahawks. And the Giants are a much better team and much more well coached and a lot tougher than the Jets. <laughs> so, I, I think this should be a get-back-on-track game for Russell, Wilson, and Co. Now we have the 8-4 and four Indianapolis Colts at the 7-5 Las Vegas Raiders. Ben, I'm going to go with the Colts. The Raiders are suspect. They are fraudulent. They almost lost the Jets. but it was not for one of the awful miracle Hail Marys, they would have lost this game. I think the Colts are realizing them the moment. Uh, I think they're still in a division race. So I'm going to go with the Colts 27, Raiders 20.
1: I like the score. I'm going in the opposite direction, though. Raiders need this game to keep playoff hopes alive. And when you need a win, there's only a couple guys in the NFL who really want on your sidelines. John Gruden's one of them. Coach Gruden's going to find a way to get the job done. He's going to prove that he deserves the money. And the Raiders will find a way to win this one 27 20.
0: How can you explain, though, the John Gruden almost debacle against the Jets, Ben? See, Ben, I was so happy as that game was going on. I thought, uh, oh, Gruden's going to lose. And then the Jets were the Jets.
1: Well, a lot of teams last weekend got caught off guard. You know, the Raiders were one of them. They managed to win the game still. Luckily, they probably should have, but they, they managed to find a way. Um, but, you know, they weren't the only team caught off guard. I mean, we saw Pittsburgh go down against the Washington football team. We saw the Giants take down Seattle. We saw the Cleveland Browns flat out embarrassed the Tennessee Titans. So last weekend, there, there were some teams that I think underestimated their opponent, and I would say that uh, that's not likely we're not likely to see all of that happen again for the rest of the season. Um, I think all these teams had kind of a reality check that they have to keep their head in the game if they're going to compete, uh, because all of these teams are capable of competing with one another for the most part.
0: So next up we're gonna have the five and seven Washington football team at the five and seven San Francisco 49ers. I'm going to go with the 49ers. Uh, I just think they're a better coached football team. I just think they're a better football team in general uh, than Washington. I don't think Alex Smith is very good. I think Nick Mullins is Nick, I think Nick Mullins is probably better than Alex Smith right now, to be perfectly honest with you. So I'm gonna go with the 49ers 26. Washington football team twenty-three.
1: Yeah, I actually really like that score as well. I see it being a defensive battle. I see it being low scoring. I see it being physical. I I like the 49ers. And, you know, even though they're now in their home away from home, not too far away from the State Farm Stadium, uh, we'll be happy to host them in town, and I, I like their chances to win at their new home.
0: So now we have the 10-2 New Orleans Saints at the 3-8-1 Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts' first career start. This is a guy that's used to big games, Alabama, Oklahoma. Now he's going to face the New Orleans Saints and taste some hell. Can Jalen Hurts pull off the upset of the weekend? Oh, man. it's a
1: tough question. You know, um, logic's telling me, Daryl, it should be the Saints, but I think he's going to find a way to do it. I just have this feeling about Jalen Hurts, and I can't fight the feeling, man. Eagles, 31, Saints,
0: 28. Jalen
1: this... Hurts creates some real buzz. He, he makes a clutch play at the end to win the game for the Eagles, and now the your quarterback
0: controversy will ensue. You don't have that feeling about Carson Wentz, Ben?
1: No,
0: I don't. <laughs> well, okay, Ben, how about this? Is it possible, right? Well, let me throw another scenario. Is it possible Jalen Hurts plays so bad, they go back to Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz has a game for the ages and helps Philadelphia win in overtime. Is
1: that
0: what you're predicting? Oh, no, I'm just saying, is that a possibility too?
1: I don't think it's a
0: possibility. Ben does not have. Probably the Eagles Eagles personnel, the front office,
1: is hoping it's a possibility. But, um, no, I don't think it's really going to happen. I think
0: they're hoping so. they will save their jobs. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, Carson Wentz is going to get a lot of people fired. I'm going to go with the Saints. Uh, I think this is going to be very close, very competitive. Um, The Saints have had a lot of close games this year. They're going to run the ball with Taysom Hill. Uh, I think this is going to be a pretty physical football game. I'm going to say Saints 22. I'm going to go with the Eagles 17. But I think it's going to be a really tough physical football football game. I just think the Saints are better coached. They have more talent. Uh, Their defense is quietly becoming a top-five defense in the NFL, and I think it's going to be a difficult start for Jalen Hurts. Though I do think in this loss, what we're going to be looking at, we're going to say that Jalen Hurts is better than Carson Wentz, and I think that's also going to add more fuel to this flame that's going on in Philadelphia. So next up, we have the 4-8 Atlanta Falcons at the 3-9 Chargers. I'm going to go with the Chargers. Ben, you know how I feel about my guy, Justin Herbert. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, and I'm going to go with the Chargers, 38, the Falcons, 34. Justin Herbert, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, 400 yards passing.
1: Falcons season is winding down. They're not going to the playoffs. That means it's time for Matt Ryan to be on fire. I think that's what we'll see. I'll take them 41 I also think
0: it's going to be a high-scoring game. Now we have the 9-3 and three Green Bay Packers at the 5-7 and seven Lions. I'm going to go with the Packers. I think this is going to be a... Uh, how do I put this? Uh, I think this is going to get ugly. Two touchdowns, I think, at the very least. I think we're going to see. Uh, this is going to get ugly kind of how the Bears-Packers game on Sunday Night Football a couple weeks ago got ugly. Uh, Packers... 40. I'm going to say Packers 40. I'm going to say Lions 28.
1: I'm right there with you. I like that that spread. Um, I'll go with the Packers as well. It's
0: a somebody versus nobody. Now we have the real game. Sunday night football. The 11-1 Pittsburgh Steelers at the 9-3 Buffalo Bills. Ben Come on. Tell me some good news.
1: Well, I think for me, I'm gonna go ahead and pick the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think Boo. they're gonna like they did last week. I, I think that um they're I think they're gonna play probably the best game of the season. I think they're upset about what happened. I know Mike Tomlin is upset. I just like the coach better on Pittsburgh. I like the quarterback better. And i like them to win in Orchard Park this weekend. And I'm looking at a score probably in the neighborhood of around 35-28 Pittsburgh.
0: That's so disrespectful, Ben. That's so disrespectful. And you even said the Steelers are fraudulent. That You're betting against us. All America's betting against us. Ben, you want to know what we did to the Steelers on Sunday Night Football last year? Albeit they had Duck Hodges starting at quarterback. But we beat them. So you know what we're going to do on Sunday Night Football again? We're going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. 30-28, to 28, Josh Allen is going to show you guys why he is a top-five quarterback in the NFL and why he's better than Ben Roethlisberger. That is what's going to happen. I'm going with the Bills. Said
1: with conviction.
0: And now for Monday Night Football, we have the 7-5 Baltimore Ravens at the 8-5 Cleveland Browns.
1: Cleveland can't maintain excellence. That's the hypothesis I'm going with here. I like Baltimore. Again, I like the coach better, like the quarterback better. I'll go with Baltimore to win this one. I think they're going to blow this one open on, on, on Cleveland ground. So I like Baltimore to win here probably 37-24. to 24.
0: Now, Ben, I usually don't pick ties, and I'll never pick a tie. I just don't believe in doing that. But this is a game that I feel like could be a tie for some reason. I feel like this could be a tie. Uh, but I'm not going to say a tie. I'm going to say Baltimore wins in overtime 23-20. to 20. But this is going to be a very physical football team. The Browns are a better team than what Baltimore did to them in week one when they shredded them and Baker Mayfield looked awful. This is a different Browns team. I will say this, this is a different Browns team. And I think sometimes we've disrespected the Browns all year long. And they beat these teams. They have beat these teams and they are humming they are humming kevin stefanski has instilled a new culture in them and they're kind of rolling right now we're seeing baltimore reeling so with that i'm still going to go with the ravens i like lamar better than baker but this is going to be a very close and competitive football game a very close and competitive football game but i'm going to go with the ravens 23 to 20 and overtime so we're going to take a quick break And then, kind of next, after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to get into college football. There's a lot to discuss. Ben thinks that Michigan is running away, just running away, waving the white flag against Ohio State. And we're going to talk about all of that and more. Kind of next, after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we still have Ben Karen with us, host of the Sports Quality Podcast before we were previewing the NFL for Week 14, and now we're going to get into college football, previewing Week 15 of those games. Before we get into that, I want to talk about a story that kind of swept through the whole college football and sports landscape when Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines decided to say no moss and not play Ohio State. Ben, what was your reaction when you heard that?
1: My initial reaction was disappointment, Daryl. Um, at that point in time, I thought that Ohio State would not be able to make a Big Ten appearance without the game against Michigan. That has change, changed, obviously. Um, but it's also disappointing for the fans. because A lot of the fans want to see this rivalry game, even though it's been kind of lopsided in recent years. As far as things go from Jim Harbaugh's perspective, I can totally understand why he would want to get out of the game like this. The Wolverines, as people know, they're 2-4 and right now. They've really struggled this season. And they've already been through, you know, a couple quarterbacks. So there's a little bit of uncertainty um, with the coach, with the quarterback, with the entire program it seems like right now. And I think Jim Harbaugh sees the writing on the wall. I think he knows that he's going to be gone at the end of the year. And I think when it came down to it and we kind of reached the bottom of it, I think he just said, I'm not going to give Ohio State the satisfaction of, of kicking our butt one more time because I knew that's what, what was coming to him, you know. Um, and I don't think he wanted that to be the, his last game of the Michigan Wolverines head coach.
0: Now, Ben, I told you that, Ben. You thought I was crazy when I, when I said that initially, but I said, you know, it could just be a last, you know, F you to Ohio state. And also here's the thing. If you also look at this, uh, Boston college, and it's not, that's not the tier program of that we're seeing in Michigan or Ohio state, but they're, they've, uh, just announced today that they're not going to play in a bowl game. This is their first opportunity to play in a bowl game. And God knows how long, and we know how bad Boston college has been. Right. And they're deciding not to play a bowl game. Like we're just going to send everybody home and, uh, I think, you know, sometimes it's not only that maybe he wants to dodge them and it's kind of, you know, an FU thing, maybe just that, you know, they're like, you know what, it's been a long season. Why are we playing? We're not going to win this game. What is the point? Uh, Like, right, like, you know, what are we doing here? So let's just say no moss. We have a couple guys that have COVID, so let's not play. I think that's also a big reason. I just want to know your take on that. Yeah, I
1: mean, I I think that, um, I think that's also very accurate. I think that we have to keep in mind the players have been through a lot this year. They're still trying to be student-athletes. There have been a lot of rules and regulations around coronavirus. The numbers are continuing to increase. And when you're the Michigan, Wolverines, there's not really a whole lot of upside to playing the game, especially in a year where you don't even feel that you can be competitive against the Ohio State Buckeyes. So I think they just kind of Waved the white flag On this one And in a way I think it's kind of Understandable As to why they They did that
0: From Ohio State's perspective How pissed do you think Ohio State is about this?
1: I don't think They really care One way or another Let's face it As soon as the Big Ten decision was going to involve Ohio State not being in the Big Ten championship game. They immediately changed it, as they should have, because they, they know where the money's coming from, Gerald. And, I mean, as it is, when we're looking at conference championship Saturday here in a couple weeks, the Big Ten championship is probably going to be the least entertaining championship game out of, out of them all, at least out of the Power Five. I'd rather watch uh, Alabama and Florida, for sure. I'd rather watch Notre Dame and Clemson. That's going to have playoff implications to it. I think I'd rather watch the past 12 because I think we're going to get a more entertaining football game. And the same with the Big 12. Whereas the Big 10, I mean, I think most people are just tuning in to watch Ohio State lightly blow Northwestern out. You don't think there's any
0: chance Northwestern can beat Ohio State?
1: I think there's zero chance. Yeah, I'm not seeing it happen. I think it's going to be pretty lopsided, and I think people are going to be uh, changing to a more competitive game by
0: probably the end of the second quarter. Now, what's also interesting this, and I want to go to Jim Harbaugh specifically, and I was just looking at a report. Potentially, Jim Harbaugh could be brought back by Michigan. Uh, he would just have to reduce his salary so they could bring in top uh, elite assistant coaches. How would you feel about that if, Jim Harbaugh survived this year. Harbaugh survived the year.
1: I don't think it would be the right move for the Wolverines because I just don't think it's a good precedent any time you're asking somebody to take less money um, even though what you're saying makes logical sense. I think Jim Harbaugh has a lot of pride though and I don't think he's going to like that. Um, And at the same point in time I mean, yeah, you can look at his season, you can blame him you know that season on the on the virus and whatnot, but I think some of the blame still has to go on all On if I'm the Wolverines, I'm I'm not considering having him back next year. It, it even if he's talented, which we know he is, it's obviously not the right fit. And I'm looking for the next coach that can maybe be a better fit for my
0: team. So with the big thing changing uh their rules, uh. And allowing Ohio State de facto to be in the Big Ten championship game. Do you think that's right? Because I, I know you said that's the right decision. But here's if I'm going to play devil's advocate, what I would say: Do You think it's good, like when midway through, or towards the end of the season, you're changing rules? Like to me, if you make a rule, like then I just feel like it means less when you just come and like, okay, we're going to change it now. So specifically, so this team is going to get in when you set the rule in the beginning. Well, I hear what you're saying, and I would
1: agree with it normally. But you know, in the last eight months or so, you know, we just as, as an entire society, an entire world, um, you know, we, we've gotten used to things changing on a regular basis. Uh, this isn't something anybody's used to. And in this situation, you know, it just the proper thing to do. It was the proper decision to make as far as finances go, as far as viewership and the Big Ten championship goes, and. Ohio State beat Indiana, you know, I I don't really think it would matter a whole lot whether Ohio State played that Big Ten championship game or not, as far as their their chances go. I mean, the Big Ten would really only be hurting themselves by, um, you know, keeping Ohio State out of that game, because that would reduce Ohio State's chances to maybe go to the playoffs in the eyes of some people. And at the same point in time, whoever won the Big thing would not probably be going to the college football playoff either. So I think they did what they had to do for the money and for the integrity of their conference, and I commend them on that, even if it was a little bit shady how they changed the rules last minute.
0: So, Ben, what the, a firestorm happened, kind of, like when all this was going on. After, you know, Michigan cancels, right? Then the Big Ten changed the rule. Then there are people we're kind of talking about, potentially, an Ohio State versus Texas A&M matchup instead of Michigan-Ohio State. And to me, I think Texas A&M-Ohio State's way better than Michigan-Ohio State. Rivalry aside, I think people would love to watch that game. I'd be excited to watch it on Saturday. Ben, Ben, how how much fun would it have been for you to sit down and be able to watch your two teams play?
1: I think it would have brought me great pleasure, Dale. and I think it fans nationwide probably would agree with me, you know, let's see a couple of these heavyweights this season square off. A couple teams that people are really talking about, do they deserve to be in the college football playoff, do they not deserve to be there, you know, what's happening, let them play it out. When, we're, when we were doing wrestling back in the day, we'd have the wrestle-off to decide. This is kind of like a playoff to see who gets to go to the tournament. The way it's kind of like a wrestle off, you know. So I say let A and M and Ohio State play it out. I would have really enjoyed watching that. I think it would have been would have been a pretty good game.
0: So would you be rooting for Ohio State or A and
1: I would be rooting for Texas A and M. That's my number one team. I'm an alumni there.
0: <laughs> okay, so this is also where I want to go now. So there was some chatter, some little bit of chitter-chatter, that potentially Urban Meyer could come out of coaching and coach a rival of Texas A&M, the Texas Longhorns. Now, Urban came out and denied that and says, you know, he doesn't necessarily want to do that. Uh, But some people have said that. He's kind of been linked to it. People are like, get Urban, get Urban, get Urban. Urban to UT, what would happen then?
1: Well, a lot of things I wouldn't like would happen if Urban went to UT because they would they would uh, definitely be a lot more competitive than they are right now recruiting in the state of Texas, and I think that uh, A&M would have to share that spotlight with them. I think right now A&M is kind of the premier college football team in the state of Texas, and that might change if Urban Meyer went back to UT because he's a really really big coach. Outside of Nick Saban, maybe Dabo Sweeney. I haven't seen another coach like Urban Meyer in, in my lifetime of watching college football.
0: Urban to UT. Do you think that could happen? Because I, I, I know you you kind of mentioned the cyst. I've said USC. I think USC is a nice landing spot. Could it actually happen? Like. How much money would Texas have to be? Because we know it's a good job, so so it'd be appealing to Urban Meyer, I guess, in that sense, maybe. But how much money would, would they have to come to Urban? Like, be like, yo, Urban. Like, like how much money would it take for them to actually get Urban to think about it?
1: Well, I don't think there's any dollar amount. Um, I think Urban would be coaching right now if he was uh, medically able to give it. And I think the, the medical issues are really the deciding factor for him. You know, he's got a brain fit. Um, and, you know, that can start acting up and causing the pain when he's under more stress, a.k.a. coaching college football. Uh, so, you know, in light of that, unless you find some kind of fuel or there's a, a scientific breakthrough that um, really, um, you know, improves or eliminates that medical condition for him, I just don't see him posting it again.
0: But Texas fans can dream, though. Like Ben. Ben Levy. Ben, you know, I think Ben would love it if UT got Urban. I probably would love it. I, mean, I can't imagine many people that
1: wouldn't like it because it would be back on the map.
0: So can, we can say Texas is back if Urban goes there. Oh, yeah. For <laughs> sure. Okay. Now, I, I want to read to you uh, the college football rankings that came out this week, Ben. So... At one, we have Alabama, two, we have Notre Dame, three, Clemson, four, Ohio State, five A&M, six, Florida, seven, Iowa State, eighth, Cincinnati, ninth, Georgia, 10th, Miami, 11th, Oklahoma, Twelve Indiana, 13th, Coastal Carolina, 14th, Northwestern, 15th, USC. So I'm just going to give you the top 15. And by the way, BYU also dropped in the rankings they lost. They are now 18. Cincinnati dropped. Iowa State is now ahead of them, and I think this is big. To me, this is officially eliminated any chance of Cincinnati making the playoffs because Cincinnati's undefeated at 8-0. Iowa State has two losses, and the committee has moved Iowa State ahead of Cincinnati. Is this the end of the Bearcats? This
1: is most definitely the end of the line for the Bearcats, Darrell. And even though you know that I am not a fan of the little guys, I do feel bad for Cincinnati in this case because I believe that even I have Cincinnati ahead of Iowa State um, on my own personal ranking. And it just doesn't make sense to me because, yeah, Ohio, uh, not Ohio State, Iowa State has looked impressive, but we can't just forget about the fact they lost to the University of Louisiana at the beginning of the year. That's a problem for me, all right? Like maybe I just have a long memory, but it, it it's clear to me they have two losses. They have no business being in the college football playoff discussion. Even if they win the Big 12, no, I don't think anybody's taking them seriously. Um, so I don't understand why they're ahead of Cincinnati. Um, other than maybe the fact uh, that it's a real indictment on the fact that Cincinnati has not played anybody this season, which has been something that's continuously harped on, um, and I've gotten a lot of um, negative feedback for that.
0: Why is, but here's my thing why is Iowa State seven? Like, do we really want to see, we were talking about, Ben, you were talking about the fans don't want to see Cincinnati at the fourth spot. I don't think the fans want to see Iowa State at the fourth spot either. <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, and, 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 you know, I look at some of these other teams, okay, and I'm just going to be, you know, as fair as I can be here with what's going on. And, you know, I, I'm i looking at this, and I think if Georgia played Iowa State, I think Iowa State would be in trouble. I think Georgia's better than that. they blow
0: out Iowa State.
1: You know, and, and I'm, I'm looking at Miami, Oklahoma, and Indiana, and I think all of those teams are better than Iowa State as well.
0: But Iowa State did beat Oklahoma. I think that's why they're ranked ahead of them.
1: Well, I don't think they're going to win the rematch. I'll say that now. but I, Okay, so I guess I can I can accept the fact they're higher than Oklahoma, because that's a good point you made. You know, and, and, and also, I mean, Coastal Carolina at 13th, and they they did just go out of the way to schedule a top twenty five team and, and and beat them and probably the best college football game of
0: the season. <laughs> ben. Oh, so you were impressed with that game, Ben?
1: I call it how I see it. Other than the Red River rivalry, I think it's one of the best college football games of the season.
0: Oh, and it was the little guys.
1: Well, I, I was just happy one of them was going to lose.
0: <laughs> Uh, That like it's a (laughs) win-win One of these guys gets taken out The parades are coming in Cincinnati You know they're going to do that if they finish undefeated They're going to say they're the real team of Ohio That's coming then What's coming? Cincinnati finishes the season undefeated And they're going to start saying they're the real team of Ohio They should have been in the playoffs, they were robbed They're going to do the same thing UCF did
1: They better not be talking about how there's a real team of Ohio. They didn't even show
0: up for the game against Ohio State. I don't want to hear that. I'm wondering today if they can be Kent State. So the four and five and six. So we have Florida, A&M, Ohio State. I I want to particularly get to Ohio State, A&M. Ohio State's going to have another game they don't play. Uh Eventually, are we going to have to say A&M should be ranked ahead of Ohio State? Because I think at this point, and you've heard my argument before, Ben, about this, A&M's resume is better than Ohio State's. Is it not?
1: Right now, I would say it's most definitely better. I mean, you you look at who has the better win, and I would say it's obviously Texas A&M against number six Florida. Ohio State's best win is against number 12 Indiana. <laughs> So, Ryan, right here, Texas A&M has the better win, and then you go deeper than that. I mean, Texas A&M's only lost this season. You know, They're against number one Alabama. I mean, a lot, almost any of these teams, if they went to Kenny Bryant Stadium, would, would lose pretty badly. So, I don't really think you can hold that against Texas A&M. I think when it all boils down to it, though, the reality of the situation that we're going to be facing is I'm looking at the ACC championship game, and I think no matter who loses that game, they're out of the top four. I know a lot of people disagree with me, and there's a lot of hate for Texas A&M for some reason that I don't understand, but I, I think the uh, loser of Notre Dame Clemson could be eliminated.
0: Well, I think the reason there's some hate for A&M is because I think people think Texas should be better than A&M. I think that's the reason. So they, 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 I think they see A&M as a little guy.
1: Well, I don't think so. I mean, A&M, one of the biggest stadiums in the country. I mean, they hold over almost 100,000 people.
0: That is true. I think they have the most money out of any of these college teams either.
1: I would not be surprised to hear that. Um, they're, they're up there in that top echelon. And I did say, you know, when I look at this, so if Notre Dame beats Clemson and Clemson has two losses, then they're, then they're for sure going to drop under A&M, and A&M is going to be uh, putting into the top four. Um, And I think even if Clemson beats Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame want to drop out. Because if you compare a one-loss Notre Dame hypothetically against a one-loss Texas a and M, I I think A&M has a better resume, Daryl. A&M beat a Florida team that will likely end up having the Heisman Trophy winner on it. And Notre Dame will have beaten a Clemson team without Trevor Lawrence in double overtime. Clemson's loss, or Notre Dame's loss, would have been against Clemson. And Texas A&M's loss would be against number one Alabama. So, I think A&M would have the better win and the better loss. And basically, just overall, the better resume. So, ben, uh, so I don't understand why people are holding on to hope that, oh, it doesn't matter, you know, if Clemson can win the game, then Notre Dame's still going to stay in the top four. And I think that's um, a falsehood.
0: Well, I think the argument, too, is... They're at two. So the committee's seen them at two. Up till that point, they've seen them at two. The committee sees Clemson at three. If the three beats the two, how far should the two fall? I think that's the question. Because could they just drop two spots and just survive at the four line? Or would they be on the outside looking out at a five or a six? Like, how far are they going to drop? And I think a big part of that is going to be if Clemson blows them out. And I think we've talked about this before. Like, I think if it's Double overtime again Trevor Lawrence heroics I I think Notre Dame might end up Getting that four Getting the four seed If They get blown out Similarly to If we remember Four or five years ago Where Ohio State Just shellaxed Wisconsin If something like that happens Yes I I think Notre Dame Is going to be out But if it's a really Really close game Do you think Notre Dame Would still be out?
1: I think so Because I mean It doesn't really Change anything You know I mean Texas A&M Still lost Alabama I think Notre Dame would lose would very badly if they played Alabama. And Notre Dame's win would still not be as good as Texas A&M's win. So I think it's just pretty simple. I mean, I, my beef is not that Ohio State is in there. However, you know, I mean, I'm a little uncomfortable in the fact they're not going to have played more than six games.
0: So that is an issue for you with Ohio State.
1: <laughs> it, it, it is. But I don't know if it's a big enough
0: issue for me to say they shouldn't be in the college football playoff. I agree. And the eye test shows that they've been one of the elite teams all year long. So, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and then come next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Me and Ben are going to get into our Week 15 college football predictions. Come next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. sports ben karen with us host of the sports squabbler podcast and we are going to be previewing week 15 of college football action let's start with the Pac 12 15th ranked usc in their 4-0 versus 3-2 ucla in the battle of sunny cal california teams the battle of la ben who's winning
1: I'm going to go with the upset here, Daryl. I think UCLA is going to win the game. I think they're going to win by 10. I think it's going to be an offensive battle most of the
0: way, and I like them 40 to 30. I'm going to go with USC, 40 to 38. Uh, I'm not a fan of what Chip Kelly has been doing. I think USC is just a better team and has more talent, so I'm going to go with the Trojans. And next up we have... 1-2 One and two Utah versus four and one Colorado, who's twenty-first in the country. Ben, what do you see happening?
1: I'm going to go with Colorado here, Daryl, to win a close game. I'm seeing this one thirty-three, thirty-one
0: Colorado. I'm going to go with Utah, twenty to Colorado's fourteen. I'm going to go with Utah to pull off the upset. Now we have. The Big Ten, with two and two, Wisconsin. Wisconsin versus five and two Iowa, who's sixteenth in the country. I'm gonna go with Wisconsin to win a tough, physical football game, twenty to 23, 23 to twenty, and I'm gonna have Iowa lose. I think Iowa's a little suspect as well, a very fraudulent five and two team. Yep, I like
1: Wisconsin also. I like them by a wider margin than you. I'm looking at more like forty-five to thirty.
0: Now we have Illinois, who's 2-4 versus 5-1 Northwestern, who's 14th in the country. Are we going to see a upset for Northwestern, Ben?
1: No, we are not. Northwestern will control this game from start to finish, Daryl. I like them 35-21.
0: I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with Northwestern 27-21. 2-3. I think they're going to dominate Illinois. It's going to be a very physically controlled football game. Now we have the 22nd Oklahoma State Cowboys who are 6-3 and three versus 2-5. and five, The Baylor Bears. Ben, what do you see happening? I
1: think there's going to be a lot of offense in this game. I think Baylor's going to hang tough with Oklahoma State, but I don't think that Baylor can upset them. I like OK State, 36 36- Baylor,
0: 33. And now we're going to get to the SEC. It just means more there, Ben. Ninth-ranked Georgia, who's 6-2, and two, versus 5-3 and three Missouri, who's 25th in the country quietly. They're ranked now. What do you see happening?
1: Well, you know, I think this could, honestly, Darryl, I think this could really be a trap game for Georgia this weekend. Missouri... Has that ability, I think, here to come up and surprise some people, and I think that's going to happen this weekend because I don't know if Georgia's really that good this season. Uh, So I like Missouri in the upset here. I'm going to go 42-38 Missouri.
0: I'm going to go with Georgia 34 to 20. I just think they're more talented than Missouri. I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with the Bulldogs. Now we're going to have the three and five LSU Tigers versus the sixth ranked eight and one. Florida Gators, is it possible LSU could put a wrench in the Florida Gators' plans?
1: I think it's possible, but probably really unlikely. What's more likely is that Florida's going to win by 14 in this game, and Kyle Flask will throw for four touchdowns. and has his Heisman resume.
0: I'm going to I'm going to pick an upset. You know I'm feeling a little bold today. I'm going to pick an upset. I'm going to go with LSU to beat the Gators 31 to 30. But also quickly, Ben, how impressed have you been with Kyle Trask?
1: It's been really impressed, Daryl. You know I think um, his coach has something to do with the success. Obviously, I think Dan Mullen, uh, who you know, that I'm very high on his done a wonderful job of kind of getting the system into place that's really working for Kyle Trask. Um, very similar to what Lincoln Riley has been able to accomplish up in Oklahoma. Um, and I think that right now, for me, Kyle Trask is um, unquestionably the Heisman favorite.
0: Yeah, Kyle Trask is special. It's going to be an interesting game to watch with LSU. And maybe he's he's pumping up his NFL stock. Kyle Trask could be a first-round pick in the draft if he keeps it up.
1: He could be in the next... Uh, New
0: England Patriots quarterback. Oh, Ben, is that a foreshadowing? It could be. Now we're going to have 9-0 and Alabama, who's first in the country versus the 3-5 and Arkansas Razorbacks. We know how the Razorbacks do things, Ben. I'm going to say, as Stephen Naismith would say, Roll Tide! Alabama is going to shellax. Arkansas in every which way possible. These, men are the nights where the somebodies play the nobodies. And uh, Alabama's going to tell and show us on national TV why Arkansas is nobody and they're somebody. And and damn, is Alabama someone.
1: (laughs) Couldn't agree with you more. I think Alabama's going to win this one by 30. I like them probably around
0: 52 to 22. And then we're going to have probably the game of the weekend, 17th, North Carolina, who's 7-3 and three versus the 10th-ranked Miami Hurricanes, who are 8-1. and one. Ben, what do you see unfolding?
1: Well, you know, I think uh, Miami at, at number 10 has been a little bit fraudulent this year. I think North Carolina is going to come in with Sam Howell and, and Mack Brown, and I think they're going to get the upset over, over the Miami Hurricanes. I think it's going to be close. I, I would agree with you. I think it's going to probably be the best game of the week. Um, and I like North Carolina here by a by a touchdown. Um, but I we're looking at you know reasonably high scoring game. I like it probably forty four thirty seven.
0: And I'm going to agree with you on that. I'm going to go with North Carolina to pull off the upset. And I'm going to say thirty eight. To 39 i think it's going to be a kind of a weird score game but i'm going to go with the tar Heels. now we have ben's favorite segment the little guys coastal carolina who's 13th in the country 10 and 0 versus 5 and 5 troy yeah i'll
1: go with troy in this one daryl oh god ben coastal carolina's coming off a big win maybe they're looking ahead at some other things and I think Troy is just going to come up and, and, and catch them off guard and uh, it's a very dangerous game for Coastal Carolina this weekend but I will go with Troy by a field goal
0: 33-30 to 30. I'm going to go with Coastal Carolina over Troy 40-32 to 32. Uh, Coastal Carolina is going to go to 11-0 in my book now next we have San Diego State, who's 3-2 versus the 9-1, and one BYU, who's 18th in the country. Ben, is BYU going to get a second loss on the season?
1: No, no. Zach Wilson's going to bounce back. He didn't play especially well last weekend uh, down in coastal Carolina. I don't expect that to be a problem back home in Utah. I think BYU is going to beat San Diego State, 9 by a pretty wide margin. Probably about 20 points or so. Um, I would recommend probably not even watching
0: the game because I, I don't even think it's going to be a game. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with a BYU blowout by at least 20 points. Uh, I'm going to say BYU 34, San Diego 10, 13, something like that. But I'm definitely going to go with Zach Wilson and co. And that's it for our predictions. Ben, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate it.
1: Anytime, Daryl. Love being on the podcast
0: with you. And once again, I want to thank Ben Karen, host of the Sports Cooperative Podcast, for coming on the show. I always appreciate it. And I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode, the 235th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.